Hello, High Point family. How's it going this summer evening? That's kind of rainy out there. It's kind of crazy. Uh, we're going to have several days of rain, but I hope you're here. And hopefully we didn't lose too many of you by taking a week off last week. But also hope that y'all are excited for a new study that we're going to be doing together. So let me know that you're here and you're online and we'll see uh, who's with us this evening. I know if you are like me, uh, it's been a very rough day and I think it's okay for us to talk about it. Um, it's, it's been tough. It really has. Uh, and I know some of y'all are going through the same pain that I am uh, when news got out that the Kardashians are not coming back for their 21st season. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll have to just find something else to watch besides uh, the Kardashians on E because they're not coming back. So it's really sad. Okay, so we got Lynn Belknap was first in line. Good evening, Lynn and David. And then we have uh, Clarice Hickman. So glad you're here, Clarice. And Harriet DeLauder. Hello, Harriet and Don. Harriet, we are lifting up a special little prayer for you tonight and pray all goes well in the coming days. Uh, hello, Brenda Womble. Good to have the Wombles with us. Uh, hope uh, Galen's doing well and Glendon as well. So tell them both I said hello. And hello, Nancy Middlebrook. Good to have the Middlebrooks with us. And Connie and Dee Bailey. It's good seeing you guys on Sunday morning. And hello, Fullen Checks. Uh, loving the new camper. Uh, so let us know uh, when you want to take Jill and I camping. We'd love to go out and try out your new digs. Look like a pretty cool ride. Hello, Carrie Smith. Good to have you. And Bill and Kathy James, as always. And hello to the Deans. Good to have Steve and Sheila with us. And looks like the Mitchells are here. Uh, hello, Bob and Jane. Good to have you guys. And Jim and Pam Barr are with us. And the Ebensburgers are with us. Even little Bella is there as well. And hello to uh, Larry and Jerry Seal. Glad you guys are watching. And hello to the Bakers. So thank you guys uh, for uh, bringing food over the other day. Uh, Jill's dad kept eating those little sandwiches uh, all throughout the weekend. So he loved them. So thank you very much. Hello, Karen Perry and John and Talia Allen. Good to have you guys as well. So, um, okay. Um, it looks like, um, Harriet's, um, nephew, uh, Cliff had a major heart attack. So, uh, we need to lift up him as well. Hello, uh, Amy and Terry Siebert. Good to have you guys and Lewis and Paula. So good to have y'all along for the ride as well. So please keep checking in if you will. Uh, if you're just getting on, I was just saying how much I'm grieving that the Kardashians are, have, have not been signed for their 21st seasons. We'll have to go alone without them. So anyway, hopefully you have done your homework, which is to pick up the Open to the Spirit book. Uh, by Scott McKnight, because we're going to be starting a new uh, series. Oh, good good to have um, Martin and Alicia uh, Real with us as well. All right. Um, 
So we're going to be talking a little bit about the Holy Spirit um, over the next few weeks. And okay, I feel like I just walked into a romper room. What are you talking about, Sandra? Good to have you and Charles with us. Uh, we've enjoyed having Kyle up the building. He does a great job up in the booth. So good to have everybody. Um, we're going to be talking over the next few weeks, um, probably for the majority of the fall, about the Holy Spirit on both Wednesday nights. Uh, and we're going to be talking about kind of the fruit of the Spirit and, and what God's doing uh, in us on Sunday mornings in my sermons. And then uh, we're also going to have um, a class uh, taught by Ryan Newhouse on the book of Galatians. So you're going to be all spirited out or spirited up as it may be. So hopefully uh, you're getting excited about that. So, but we do have, hello, Jane Overman. Glad to have you as well. So the question for the evening that I'm going to pitch out there and y'all can just weigh in as, as you see fit is um, what excites you or scares you the most about studying about the Holy Spirit? So what is it uh, that excites you or scares you about studying about the Holy Spirit? Because um, we're going to talk a little bit about our fellowship and how uh, many of us grew up, if you grew up in the churches of Christ, uh, but I also realized that at High Point, we're kind of a mixed bag. We get all kinds of folks and we take all folks and hopefully people from a variety of different faith backgrounds uh, feel comfortable and feel connected to God in our assemblies. So hello, Jim and Irma. Good to have you guys um, with us and we're glad that you're weighing in. So uh, let's jump right into this uh, study, but feel free to go ahead and type your response and I'll, I'll read some of those as they start coming in. What excites you and what scares you about studying about the Holy Spirit? So if you did get the book, Open to the Spirit, um, Scott McKnight talks a little bit in his introduction about what he sees kind of the role of the Holy Spirit doing and it is pretty exciting and he talks about that each of us as christians are designed to be spirit receptive meaning that uh if we're open to what the holy spirit is up to uh then uh we'll um we're created to be spirit receptive in the sense that god's presence is in us and ready to display god's glory through us so that's when things start getting exciting when we become a vessel for God. So, okay. Jackie Coleman is up in Alaska. Oh, and Zach and Linda are, are here. So we're, we're glad to have you guys. So uh, Jackie, I don't know if you knew, but over in Colorado, uh, we've got the Schwals and other folks are out there and they got snowed on. So I don't know if snow has made its way up to Alaska yet, but uh, we're definitely jealous because it is uh, still pretty humid down here with all the rain we're getting. Okay, so Bob Mitchell says both exciting and scary that he may do something. Okay, wow. Hello, Laura Cantwell. Uh, hope uh, Bill is doing well until William said hello as well. Um, I, so Bob Mitchell brings up something that what if the Holy Spirit does something? And it does something in our lives, uh, in our families, even in our church. Are we ready for the Holy Spirit to show up? And so we're going to be talking about that over the next uh, few weeks, maybe a month or two. 
as we talk about how the spirit works if we're we're open to its leading. So what's interesting is uh, Scott McKnight talked about his growing up and his background in that he grew up in the Anabaptists uh, in Anglican. He said he has Anabaptist leanings, but the Anglican church uh, and the Anglican church is kind of the old church of England. Um, so it's similar to Catholicism, but it doesn't have all the hierarchy, um, but it's a high church uh, movement. And like the Church of Christ, they're all independent. And so they get to decide what they want to do. So hello, Chad Redwine. Glad, glad to have you guys with us. But he said growing up, growing up in his church that they kind of resisted the Holy Spirit. And I want to read a, a few of the things in just a moment as to why they built a theology that limited what the Holy Spirit was doing. And I, I definitely resonated with some that he said, but I did a class a few years ago uh, entitled 1906 in which uh, I, I hope that I'm gonna introduce a, a couple of ideas. I'm not gonna go through the whole lesson, but I think it'll set us up a little bit for who our fellowship is and, and maybe who we've attracted over the years. Because 1906 is really kind of an important year, and we'll talk about that in just a second. But the Church of Christ, if you grew up, um, our doctrine and our practices are focused on, you know, the Bible alone as the authority. Um, and we've tried to restore the New Testament church uh, that was established by Christ. Some of our leaders include, um, you know, Thomas and Alexander Campbell, Walter Scott, Martin W. Stone, um, and some of them came from various backgrounds that just wanted to get back to uh, the, the New Testament and saying, hey, let's just get back to scripture and let's follow that pattern. Let's abandon all creeds and let's unify Christians by kind of finding our own little uh, way of, of getting back to the first century roots. So some of the scriptures that we look at, and it's interesting because each group I, I call them like um, they have certain scriptures you turn up the volume on and the others you turn the volume down on. But some of ours have been Acts 2.38, you know that one. Uh, John 16.13, that the spirit will guide you in all truth. If we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, we just want to know the truth. Nothing but the truth. Uh, Ephesians 4.4, one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. Okay, so it's the whole unifying of believers uh, in one common expression and a slogan for church of Christ, uh, was the church of Jesus Christ is essentially on earth is, is essentially intentionally and constitutionally one. So that was one of our early slogans, uh, to our movement. So, uh, but I want to talk about another movement called the Pentecostal movement. And it was defined as ecstatic spiritual experiences, dramatic worship, and a lot of speaking in tongues and other ways of allowing the spirit to manifest. Some of the leaders uh, were William Seymour, an African-American preacher that uh, started the Azusa Street Revival in Los Angeles, California. And so the Pentecostal movement actually started in California and LA and kind of migrated out. And there was another uh, group of folks out in Kansas that got it going out there. 
and it became a, a just a fast growing movement. And so uh, for those of you familiar with the Pentecostals, I mean, they're very different from Church of Christ. And then another movement that um, I want to talk about is the Salvation Army. And you've seen the little kettles at, at uh, Christmas time, uh, but they're defined as being socially conscious, uh, looking out for the poor and disenfranchised and the advancement of Christian religion, education, relief of poverty and other charitable objects beneficial to society. So they were started by a couple in England named William Booth and his wife, Catherine, um, over in London, um, east, the east end of London in 1865. And so they were out of the Methodist reform movement and started their own little deal, focused in on, on helping others in need. So their favorite passage is Matthew 25, 35, where I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink and I was a stranger and you invited me in. Um, so the slogan, the early slogan of the um, of that movement was the three S's. One was soup, one was soap, and finally salvation. So that was kind of the basis of uh, what you saw with the Salvation Army. Okay, so if we're talking about the Holy Spirit, why am I talking about Salvation Army and Pentecostals and Church of Christ? Well, because in 1906, uh, these were the three fastest growing movements in the United States. Well, why? Uh, well, Church of Christ were officially recognized as a distinct religious group for the first time by the um, U.S. Census Bureau on April 1st, 1906. Okay, so we were part of a bigger group with Disciples of Christ and Christian churches, but we were officially separated ourselves and were recognized by the government on April 1st, 1906. The Azusa Street Revival, the Pentecostal movement, started eight days later on April 9th, 1906, out in Los Angeles. Salvation Army had come to America, but no one knew who they were until they started a national disaster relief effort following the San Francisco earthquake on April 18th, 1906. So there becomes these three movements, all starting within a month's time of each other. One was focused in on the work of the spirit. One was working on social justice and serving the poor. And then there's our group. Um, that has been very rational and has sought truth and is sought uh, to have a reliance upon uh, studying scripture together and, and really coming at it from more of a cerebral uh, way. And so, you know, we see passages where come, let us reason together. And so if you've got these three movements that are all blowing up at the same time, uh, we tended to attract a group of folks that was less inclined to serve out in the community. That doesn't mean we, we never did. It's just that wasn't our primary effort was caring for the poor and being involved in social justice. Nor were we going to attract folks that were looking for a very outward expression in worship, uh, focusing on the Holy Spirit. So we're definitely more hey, let's get the cerebral thinker types 
that are less inclined to be a part of these other groups. So that's who we are. That's our makeup. And so we've struggled sometimes in these other areas because it's not our, our primary focus. And so it's, um, and I tell you, younger people are, are wanting more of a balance where we're looking at all three of these different um, ways of doing discipleship. Okay, so let's go back and read some of our responses. Okay, uh, Robbie said, growing up in a small conservative congregation in Alabama, the Holy Spirit was only referred to as the word. It wasn't taught as something uh, that could work through us or uh, indwelling us. And I'm excited about this study. So yeah, so basically that's very similar to the church I grew up in where the Holy Spirit inspired the writers of the gospel to do their thing. Uh, and then he kind of retired. So I'm gonna throw my dog a treat because he's driving me nuts. Hang on just a second. All right, Jill's out of commission, so she can't take care of the dog tonight. All right, so um, let's see. Wilma Holloway says she's watching, and John Hildreth is with us as well. Uh, Amy says, the Holy Spirit comforts me. It's my perfect translator. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So Linda uh, Robertson is tuning in uh, late, and Linda, I hope you're doing well. I think you've got a hurt finger, maybe. Anyway. Hope you're, you're doing better. Uh, and uh, Jim and Irma says, excited to learn about the power of the Holy Spirit, but also know we must develop a discerning mind when we listen to the Holy Spirit because it will never contradict the Bible. Great point, great point. Uh, yeah, we, we see in scripture that uh, if even angels come and tell us something that is contrary to what we read in scriptures, don't listen, don't listen. Okay, so the Connors are with us. So good to have uh, Debbie and Gary. And then Buster Canfield. Uh, he said, Church Christ officially started on April Fool's Day. Interesting. No, we were just recognized. We've been going for a long time. All right. Uh, hello, Adolfonso de Luna. Um, and this is the rules are here. Lynn Bellknapp says, I love the book already. I just read the first uh, 16 pages. I feel better about understanding of Hebrews 12, uh, 4, 12 through 16, how Jesus can sympathize man's weakness and temptations. He needed the Holy Spirit's power to lift him out of human restrictions. That's inspiring for my human struggles. Great point. Great point. And I think we can all resonate with that if we're open to the spirit. So Sharon Dunlop says they're here and also the, the Vanderpools. Uh, so good, good to have Glenn and Marsha. And thank you guys for bringing over snacks this afternoon. I appreciate it. All right, uh, Linda got her bandage off today. Okay, so let's get back to our book. And if you've got your book, I want you to turn to uh, page six because he lists a way in which his home congregation kind of um, came up with excuses or reasons why the Holy Spirit could be dismissed or retired or however you want to push things aside. And says the first one is the glitzy gifts such as tongues, prophecies, and miracles were for the apostolic period only. Okay, so 
if you read Francis Chan on uh, Forgotten God and, and other books like that, you'll see that what Francis says is if we're reading scripture and we're honest, we should be wondering, why aren't these things happening to us? Uh, because the spirit's doing a lot of incredible things. And he's saying that it, the spirit should be manifest itself and doing more to lead us and guide us. Uh, but yet we, we were kind of told that, hey, no, the spirit kind of did some really cool stuff, but eh, that was just first century to get the word out. Okay. Um, and then uh, three or four down says the Holy Spirit does not want all this attention. The spirit gives testimony to the son. So this charismatic stuff must be wrong. Okay. So there's a belief that if we're focused in on the Holy Spirit, then we're neglecting Jesus and his story and certainly not honoring God if we're trying to tune in to what the Spirit's doing. Okay, so these are reasons why uh, churches have built a theology, not, not just Church Christ, but other churches have built this understanding of the Holy Spirit um, that's contrary to what we see in Scripture. So, uh, and then those who are enthralled with the Spirit are mostly shaped by their inner experiences, their emotional and personal feelings, uh, and they are the least theologically trained. Okay, so so basically what he was saying is, is that if, if you're focusing on the Spirit, then you're approaching God emotionally, and you're not using your head or even your heart. It's just more of you know, your, your soul and trying to get into a rhythm. So, but, you know, Jesus talks about coming before him with heart, soul, mind, and strength. So how do we engage all aspects of our being? And I, I do have to say that if you look at what Paul talks about, especially with the tongue speaking, that that can become a focus that you're so in, in tune and in, in trying to tap into different spiritual gifts, then you can miss what God's trying to do around us. And so I would encourage us that it's all about balance. Um, and it is about seeking this heart, soul, mind, uh, and strength approach instead of just cerebral or, or just spirit like the Pentecostal or, or just strength getting out and serving others. It has to be this holistic approach. And that comes through the work of the Holy Spirit so let me just share um, tonight a little bit about my first experience outside of my home congregation. Uh, my freshman year, um, I was introduced to a couple of guys in my dorm at ACU. And they're like, hey, we want you to come to this Bible study and we're going to be uh, tapping into the Holy Spirit. And I was like, why would you do that? And I remember feeling very awkward uh, in going into a Bible study where people were speaking in tongues and some folks were, uh, you know, uh, laying down on the ground. And I was like, what, what have I gotten into? And it was such a departure from where I was. I, I didn't go back. I wanted nothing to do uh, with that. Um, my second encounter was um, I had gone up to Nashville and I heard that Amy Grant and Michael W. Smith went to a church called Belmont in Nashville. And so 
instead of going to worship God, I just wanted to go see some of my favorite uh, Christian music singers. And so we went to the Belmont Church. who had to be a Church of Christ uh, originally, but they kind of turned a little bit Pentecostal. And I remember it just being a free-for-all compared with our very cerebral church growing up. I Most of you know I grew up over at Waterview in Richardson. And our, our worship was very orderly. And uh, we had little light cues to come up for folks to move around. And uh, it, I mean, I, I learned a lot. And it was a great spiritual foundation. But it was so foreign from... Um, what I was experiencing in these two incidents were, were so different than how I was growing up. And so there was resistance there that maybe I'm doing something wrong if we're seeking after and trying to understand about the Holy Spirit's work in our life. Okay, let's see what else we have. Larry is Larry Miller's with us. He says, uh, Larry, is your time to come? Okay. Uh, Buster says, I think that to get the word out, even now, the spirit still moves in mighty ways, especially in locations where the body of Christ is small or non-existent. That is a, a great point, Buster. And I, I want us to uh, maybe dive into that as we get a little bit later into the study. But I had some friends that went over four couples into Thailand and so they're carrying the gospel into an area that had never heard of Jesus. And so they said that they kind of experienced some first century type uh, experience with the Holy Spirit uh, that they weren't, it, they weren't anticipating. Uh, but maybe the spirit was working in that way because it was a first century type audience. But absolutely, I may have to bring you on one night to share about what you've seen over in, in China. But uh, in this first chapter, Scott McKnight really just talks about, are we willing to be open to the spirit, to the spirit's uh, promptings, to the spirit guiding us? And we're going to talk this Sunday about three or four different ways that, that Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit. And Scott McKnight shares a story about a, a woman going through a very difficult time on an uh, airplane and she wanted to talk and he really didn't want to, but the spirit was encouraging her to tap into Scott's knowledge. Um, and so he finally came on board with what the spirit was trying to do to open up this conversation. And uh, so he finally saw what the spirit wanted him to do. And I, I wish as your preacher, I could tell you that every time that the spirit prompts me, that I'm open to be receptive. But there are times when I'm not, when I, I get impulses to do things and I disregard them. Um, several years ago, um, I had um, our two kids, Maggie and Colby, with us, and, and they were very young. It was just me and and the two kids and we were just running into Best Buy and you know how it's sometimes very difficult with young ones in a retail place. And so we we're trying to just grab some cables, get in, get out. And there was a young man there and I, he was asking me a few things and uh, he said, well, I haven't been here very long. So I have to get someone else that can show you. I said, Where, where'd you move from? And he told me and 
So he said, yeah, he said, I'm, I'm just looking for a church home. And, uh, you know, so I, I told him about our church and he goes, yeah, you know, I'm kind of coming out of a rough background and I put some trust in a preacher I probably shouldn't have. And, you know, and so it was a golden opportunity to have a faith discussion with a young man that was really struggling. Uh, but we had a birthday party to get to and I had both kids and we're trying to just hit a few things where we're going. And I regret that that was an open opportunity. And I felt the prompting of the spirit that I should have spoken up. I should have taken more time. I should have done something different or even come back uh, later to, to uh, finish off that conversation. But at that moment, when God provided an opportunity and the spirit was prompting me to do something, I chose to disregard that. So, we, we want to learn to be open, open uh, to meet uh, opportunities that God puts before us, but also open to God's wisdom and knowledge, but also open to becoming more and more like Christ. And so this whole faith shaping that can happen when we're allowing God's spirit um, to, to guide us and direct us and to be that voice so we, we come to Jesus, but through the power of the spirit, we become more and more like Jesus. So that's what I hope we'll, we'll open up towards. And through this study, we'll become more spirit aware to what God's trying to do through us. But let me just say this, and just a reminder, I've shared this before, but we always talk about wouldn't it have been awesome to spend time with Jesus and to have dinner with him, walk down the road with him and to hear from Jesus, spend time with him. But Jesus says, said to his disciples before he went back to heaven, it's gonna be so much better to have the spirit inside of you instead of me next to you. And so that should be encouraging that we can't be in the same room with Jesus in a physical way, but his spirit is given to each one of us. And so that's when things start getting excited. So if you haven't had the opportunity, pick up Scott McKnight's book on Open to the Spirit, and we'll continue in the first couple of chapters next week. So thank you guys. Uh, I appreciate you all tuning in. I appreciate those of you that shared what you're excited about and what you're wrestling with. Uh, but just, just be prayerful that God will lead us through this study. And I'll bring on a few folks to banter around with, and we'll talk about some of this Holy Spirit stuff. But if you've got some questions, feel free to send me an email. Uh, you know, I'm uh, bcox at hp.church, or send me a text if you'd like. My cell number is 469-301-5450. So uh, anyway, this will be hopefully an exciting uh, study. So feel free to weigh in. I don't want this to be a lecture or a sermon. I want this to be a time where we're bannering around. So in weeks to come, if you have questions that you wanna uh, throw out live, or if you have comments, uh, like a few people have done tonight, throw them in because uh, this is designed to be a, uh, a community class and where we're all sharing together. So blessings on you. Thank you for coming tonight and get the book if you haven't. And we'll read through this and hopefully grow together. Thank you for tuning in. Have a great evening.